Welcome back to On Guard Cigar Salon. I'm Mr. Christopher. I'm Ray Spannon. I'm Gwendolyn Thornton. And I'm the Cigar Pick. And we couldn't do it without our producer... Me! Who your is? Your boy, Skinny Penis. It's your boy, Skinny Penis. Damn, it's a joke, never mind. Don't worry about it. It's an internet thing. Hi! And today we want to talk about something. We live in a city, San Francisco, where we're very fortunate to be able to be out, gay, and kinky in this city. We even have the Leather Cultural District. We have the Leather Walk. All these things that celebrate our kinkness. And we also have a festival called Folsom Street. And it's got a long, long history. And we kind of want to discuss what Folsom is for people who don't know what it is. Race, tell us a little bit about the history of Folsom. So Folsom Street Fair, which is now uh, run by an organization, they renamed themselves to Folsom Street, um, started in 1984. Mm. And it actually started as an anti-gentrification event. Um, there was a lot of displacement of people in the South of Market area. People were being forced out through development. And it was organized to say, this is a neighborhood. This is a place where people live. It's not just some industrial place you can tear down and build whatever you want. And so it was a pushback. This is 1984, you know, gentrification, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it was a pushback to say, no, we belong here and we have a neighborhood and you can't just come in and tear our neighborhood down. It has morphed over time to be absolutely a kink event. And I think part of that reason was, and correct me if I'm wrong, Folsom Street just happened to be on a street full of leather gay bars. Right? Yes. So the leather gay men turned out for this festival and were like, part of our pushback about gentrification is we're gonna be out and proud about being kinky. And there were leather people that were uh, integrally involved with the organization of the first 1984 fair. So they've always been part of the fair. It just happens to have morphed over time into far more of a kink event than anything else. But when people were being ousted out of the military or the Navy because they were gay back then, where did they end up? San Francisco, yeah. the Soma District, the affordable yeah. places. Yeah. You know. So now that it's got that rich history and we all are of a certain age, I, I'm curious, what was your first experience of Folsom Street? When was the first time you went? And tell us about that. I think my first Folsom was 1986. That makes sense to me because that's the year I joined my first leather club. But, but from what I remember, it was sparsely attended. There weren't that many people, which is what we loved. Because that way you could see your friends, you could uh, visit booths. It was, it was a fair that was for us, is, is what we felt. And I know that the history is there, but it did feel like our fair and anyone else was there to see us. I think 86 was the first one I went to. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was did I see you? We probably did. Um, and I was living in Los Angeles and I came up and I recall very much what you do. It was, uh, it was not nearly as populated as it is today, but it already had a significant kink leather bent to it. Yes. And uh, what year did Drummer get involved with it? Because didn't Drummer, oh. Drummer made it like a leather week. Well, so, and yeah. that's what's interesting for me, because my first was 1991, and I uh, had a, I was a college boy in Phoenix, Arizona that kept going to LA to see my daddy, who owns Zeus Studio, Michael Bales. And he, said, we are gonna go to San Francisco to go to the drummer contest, because it was Leather Week, and the drummer contest anchored it, and then Folsom Street Fair right after, yes. right? Yes, And so I was like, I was like a kid in a candy store. I had no, I, I, I was a sheltered boy from Arizona, and I I remember the first fair, so we went to, the, we did the drummer contest, which was fantastic. Uh-huh. He like dressed me up and showed me off, and he, oh. and, and, advertised his brand all over me because I was a cute little twink. And we walked around the fair and the things I saw, the Leathermen walking around in chaps, the fucking hot Leathermen everywhere. And it was just, it was sensory overload for me. And that's when I first got the taste, oh, I want to live here because <laughs> this is the life I want. Uh, it was a fantastic experience for me. And I think I've gone to every Folsom since. 
So well, you know, but it was a real community event then right. because everyone had a part in there. You know, Alan Selby would do his fetish and fantasy ball. Uh, there was a drummer contest. Mm -hmm. Audrey Joseph would throw the big dance. Right. So everyone had like a stake in this, and it was a small group of people, but they were all people that you knew. So you wanted to go to their events. Yeah. When was your first one? Mine was the early 90s. Um, I don't think it was 91, but again, um, similarly to what you said, it was much sparser, however, more concentrated, not just gay, because like Society of Janus was there, as I remember. Yes. So there were kink, but it was small, but it really felt more like you were in a community that everybody was involved, like everybody was in on this secret, mm -hmm. anybody yeah. who attended, you know, and I, it was great. And I've gone to many since. I have a question. How, if it was such a secret, how do people find out about it? No, well, what I mean by that is more, there was this kind of sense of community and brotherhood, not that it was a secret, but that others just didn't come that much. It really was just the community attending right. versus, you know, Joe Schmo down the street with their stroller. But then how did other people find out about Because it, it, so, it grew to huge. larger than the city. To yeah. answer that question, yeah. they shut down Folsom Street. That gets the city's attention yeah. because traffic a, cannot go. That's a major <laughs> artery yeah, in right. Southern Market. You can shut down that street, people ask why. Um, and, and kinky people talk amongst each oh, other. Of course. Yeah. So, well, there's this cool event happening in San Francisco. You should go. Exactly. And it was fun. It was very energetic. And I think that it was word of mouth. But I think people who lived in the city, they also kind of knew South of Market was where the leather bars are. And that's, you know. By talking about it, though, it yeah. opened it up to the the looky-loos. And <laughs> I don't know. I started to feel like I was at the zoo. Right. You know, well, like, I, like think I was the animal at the zoo. We're going to get into that because it's <laughs> yeah. morphed over the years and the integration of even a wider audience has watered it down a little bit. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Yeah. I want to know what was your favorite Folsom that you've ever done? Ooh. Do you have a favorite? Uh, oh, wow. I'll start. My favorite was <laughs> being able, I had a dom, and I had always had this fantasy of just being led, or, you know, that, that trope of the slave master being led around. He put me in a straight jacket, um, and he led me around with a leash on my neck, and I think just a jock strap. And it was the most freeing, liberating experience yeah. to do that in front of other people. Um, it got incredibly hot though after a while because I was one of those letters straight jacket of the sun and I'm like sweating my balls off. Um, I think I had to take this straight jacket off before I left the fair because I, I was overheating. But that was my, it was like a fantasy come true that I was able to live that fantasy out loud with no shame. That's great. Wow. Well, I think nudity was a part of it for some people, you know, that they were able to do it there and it was free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those kind of experiences, I think, are what actually made it turn into whatever it is today. When do you think nudity entered the fair? Because I don't think it was the, at the beginning. I don't know. I don't honestly know. It has been part of the fair, mm -hmm. that most San Francisco street fairs, right. for as long as I can remember, but I don't know exactly what year. And I think that's an important, important distinction to make because I know a lot of people looking outside into our festivals. Uh, here in San Francisco, it is legal to be nude. Uh, at, a, at a street fair. At a street fair. Yeah. Well, actually walking around the Castro, too. Yeah. Well, you're supposed they, they to cover up you're your supposed to, yeah, yeah, you're supposed yeah. to do a little bit of cover. But I have never Except, seen anyone no. arrested for yeah. walking. And, and I saw it yesterday. We walked home from yeah. lunch. There were two, two nudists walking down the street. Yeah, there was a woman. A woman yeah, has woman. joined them, too. I was just too. like, whoa! There's a, group of, there's a group of guys who do it all the time. All the time. Yeah. You yeah. see, yeah. and you just recognize. And they're just part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and... Well, people with strollers walking by don't bat an eye. They don't. They don't. And, and so it's become the norm. They, not only that, I have seen, I live in the Castro. Yeah. I see so many tourists want to take photos with mm -hmm. the nude people. And they let them. And they let them. Yeah. It, I mean, it happens all the time. I yeah. must see it a few times well, a week. The, well, the Bay Area has always been, as you mentioned, Amp, where people used to come, the Barbary Coast. Mm -hmm. And you know, the city of Berkeley, it is actually legal to be in Berkeley, California nude. You cannot right. be arrested or... Yeah, there was that, the, that, uh, that student who kept going to Berkeley to his classes <laughs> nude, and Berkeley couldn't do anything about it. Right. And they were trying to kick him out of the classes. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And I think this points to the 
Bay Area ethos of acceptance mm -hmm. right. and allowing people to sort of, you know, fly their individual flag, whatever that might be. And I, I, that's one of the things that is so nice about San Francisco and the Bay Area is that we are allowed to be ourselves in public. Right. Mm -hmm. And not many places can say that. My first Folsom was probably literally, I've been going for a decade now. I might have missed a year or two at the beginning, but since living here. But my first one, so tw 2012, let's say, my first one included the fair, included going to Mr. S, where the parties were still inside and everyone was having fun, um, included Magnitude and Real Bad and every street fair part. Like, it was very much circuit party, circuit party, circuit party. And yeah. I wasn't doing drugs of any kind, but like, You'd go with a, a group of friends from your city. We lived in Seattle. You'd get an Airbnb. Yeah. You're all having sex and, for lack of a better term, going a little crazy for the weekend. And then you leave Monday morning after real bad, exhausted as all heck at 6 a.m., pulling your friends through security. They forget their back. Like, it was messy, <laughs> but it was fun. But it's a very different experience from what sounds like a very culturally relevant, like, leather... Right. Uh, get you, you bring up a good point, and, and, and that's how Folsom has morphed, too. We don't have the drummer contest. We do still have the leather, the cultural dis leather cultural district is still doing the leather week uh, with a bunch of events, mainly at the Eagle, mm -hmm. uh, but all around the city. Um, but I think, as Amp mentioned, it has become the parties surrounding Folsom now. Uh, right. A lot of the... Uh, Enter, entertainment and event organizers have done these mega parties around right. Folsom that I actually don't think a lot of the people that go to the dances actually go to the festival because right. um, they're hella hungover. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're not getting up at 11. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I want to, can I just say, yeah. I'm feeling a bit envious right now because right. I grew up in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. So... Going to my first fall summer, gay pride, it just didn't have a right. huge impact on me. It's like, because you, yeah, I'm, like I'm here and, and here we are. And I, I envy you for like going and having that whole mind blowing experience and like, wow, I want to be here. When mine was kind of like, oh, here are these people. <laughs> no. it, I, my second one, I have, I have many stories about Folsom, but my second one was, I think when I started working for Mr. S Leather and starting doing their social medias, they asked me to be part of their booth. They would do a booth, on, they don't do it anymore, but they would do a booth on Folsom. And they would set up St. Andrew's crosses and doing flogging, and and that was fun. So people would come up and say, "Can you flog me?" And I would, and some would be like, "Do it harder! <laughs> do it harder!" And then you you got this crowd of people watching you do public floggings and beatings and that kind of thing. Now at the end of the day, my arm got very sh sore, and the more drunk people got, and we're like, "No harder! No harder!" I'm like, "Okay." I'm not a machine. <laughs> I can't. Kinda. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, but when we're talking about evolution, I think you bring up a really good point because in the 90s, my husband and I, we always used to go, it used to be house parties that I think morphed into these mega make money parties because we always had a routine. We had a friend up in Roosevelt. We used to go to his pre-party. We'd get down to the fair and then we'd go to Stompers in the backyard uh, to their party. Do you remember Stompers? Yeah. And that was before, do you know, the first big party I remember was at Club Townsend and it was Fantasy, Alan yes. Selby's Fantasy. Yes. And I remember all of us talking there saying, oh God, it's gonna become corporate like Pride did. Because <laughs> it was one, at that time, it became, oh my God, this is $50 to get in. It was like, you know. So while we don't like capitalism when it comes to Folsom, we do like our sponsors. So Leather Daddy Skin Company is a plant-based skincare line with a kinky twist. Leather, scotch, vanilla, and 18 erotic spices are bound to get the blood flowing, getting you ready to dominate your day. If you use offer code ONGUARD, you'll get 10% off your order. So thank you very much, Leather Daddy Skin Co. I think house parties still exist. Mm -hmm. um, I went to one this year before, but um, I think that that was a morph of all those people that got so popular, they had to be bigger because more people wanted to go. And it brought more people. I don't know the numbers back then, um, but can you guys explain who Alan Selby is? You've mentioned him like five times oh, already. Okay. Well, the fantasy. Well, well, no, no, Alan Sobey is the S in Mr. S. Mr. Leather. S, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was a big part of the San Francisco leather scene, and I actually got to be his apprentice for a summer. 
and that just really changed my life. Yeah. And is it true that he was part of the organizations that when people were, were passing from AIDS and HIV would like gather their leather goods and then distribute to yeah. other people? Yep. Yes. Or and you West. know, when, when you talk about it was $50 to get into Fetish and Fantasy, that's because it was a fundraiser. I know. And well, exactly. everything was a fundraiser for the AIDS Emergency yep. Fund at that for, time. It was. And say one more thing about Alan, you know, I had to work in Omaha for two years. And, you know, he actually brought fantasy to Omaha, and they had a contest in Omaha in the gay bar. So he just didn't do it in the Bay Area. He really did Duncan. outreach. Well, he did a lot of outreach, not just for leather and kink, but just for queer causes and HIV. I used to work in HIV, and that was one of the ways I got connected with Alan. Yeah. And, and also, I just want to say, Alan was one of the nicest, nice, nice. classiest, so nice. generous men that has ever walked in leather. And he talked so soft. Yeah, he was just a Remember how he always talked like... And, and that's another good point, is that uh, Folsom is not a for-profit event. It is an organization that mm -hmm. tries to raise money throughout yeah. the year and donates the money back. But, but lots of people are joining in and that bandwagon for-profit for the... Organization, oh, the, yes. the parties yes. and dance parties around, except Real Bad, yep. yeah, are all for-profit. Yeah, right. and, and that's kind of understandable because... Yeah. Folsom Street Fair attracts a lot of gay men, yeah. a lot of kinky gay men, and circuit parties are part of our culture. Right. Mm. They have developed over time, and so it kind of makes sense that there be. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, like, well, that's why I said. Freeland, you're, you're stretching your neck very intently. <laughs> <laughs>
It's nonsense. Kink.com used to do live shoots at live shoots. They're they're bound in public. They would do at full. Right, but they would amazingly raunchy stuff in public. And focus it on that. Do you remember the window? It was a it was a photography shop. I think on the corner of 18th and Castro. They did. Of course, I remember. They had yeah. They had like all the pictures from the from the street that people had. Yes, and you would stand there at the window pretending not to be looking for your picture. <laughs> I do. Then I forgot all about it. But this that. is the difference because now you can take a digital picture, which is just on your phone, back in our day. Uh, you had to do it with a Kodak camera and get that film developed. And you were too scared to get that film developed if they had someone fucking right. in the streets, right? Right. Because you didn't want to be. Well, and I've come to realize that for younger Kingsters in particular, yeah. The, the phone, the smartphone, is Ugh. one more toy, it's one more piece of gear, it's one more element of their kink. It just is. And so I think that that's just kind of how it is now. It is. We're, well, we're always going to be photographed or videoed. If you're going to be out in public, that's kind of... Do, would I ask somebody in a compromised position, can I take your photo? Absolutely. But I, I don't expect most people to. I agree. But see, it's an old guy's perspective here. And I have to say, for me, when I look at how it changed, that is when it changed for me. You know, in the 70s, there was a, some great researchers who really looked into things. And um, what's happening with, you know, like people taking one photo of somebody fisting or something at the fair, and then they put it on the internet, and everybody dogpiles on about how awful those people are, the fact they're doing it in front of kids. You know? People put those pictures on to attack us, not to support us. Mm -hmm. And people should remember that, you know, our oppressors would not be so strong if we did not have accomplices among the oppressed. And there's two kinds of accomplices. Willing, you do it purposely, and unwilling, you do it unknowingly. So all these people who are really in our community and making these slide comments and they think it's minor, it's not. Because then their comments are taken by those people who want to do us harm and further attack us. Well, you're bringing up a good point because now after this Folsom that we just had, which three of us went to, you went to a house party instead, um, there is a lot of imagery coming out that caused a lot of scandals. So Twitter was all abuzz after this Folsom because these images started appearing all over. Uh, people being nude and naked, people jacking off in the streets, people fucking in the streets. And a lot of comments, especially from millennials, Gen Z, are like, oh my God, you're doing this in front of children. This is what gives gays a bad name. And there was one in particular where somebody was getting fisted on a sidewalk. Which goes back into the consent of who's photographing those things without being asked, right? Folsom has had this long history. What, what do you think about that? First of all, if I, if I may, think of the children being used for Folsom. It's the wildest thing in my fucking, like, in, in the, the grand scheme of, like, scandals that could have come out of Folsom. Think of the children at an adult street fair that is gated, that is 18 up, that, like, what? And also, the guy that got fisted, uh, my favorite part about all that is he tweeted earlier in that day, like, I'm gonna go get my, goal, <laughs> my goal today, getting fisted, like, 30 minutes in, got fisted, and people were, like, giving him a hard time as if he's the worst thing ever. And it wasn't people being triggered just in general. It was people being upset at the gays for being debaucherous and disgusting. Right. Which... That brings back to the, my, my point. This has been a festival to celebrate our kinks and fetishes, right? So that, that uh, experience I had of being led around in a straitjacket and a jockstrap was a very liberating thing for me to know that I could do that openly, publicly, without shame. Right. right? And that's what all of these people are doing, and that's what this event is. So for our community to shame them for that, it's like fighting from the inside. And I'm going to use a word that's often used these days. Folsom Street Fair, in my opinion, is a safe space for kinky people. Right, it's an affinity space. It's, I know it's on a cordoned off street, but the point is it's a safe space for us to be who we are. Exactly, but you bring up a good point about the children. You have to pay to get in. So who are bringing their kids in? But people did bring strollers in there. They did, okay, but here's the other thing. Being someone well, who... To be fair, Probably some of them live on that street. Just going to their home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so, but, 
let me tell, but here's my analogy. What I was going to say is this. I have been to Mardi Gras in New Orleans many, many times. I've been to Carnival in Rio de Janeiro. I have been to Carnival in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And I will tell you something. These Catholic events, because it's Fat Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, you know, you have to give everything up for Lent. So in Rio, not only is there fucking in the streets, and people know that, it is, it's Samba. But you know what? It doesn't get this kind of ridicule. I think in New Orleans or anywhere because it's straight base. Oh, they, they throw beads if you show your tits. Right. Or there was a, there's this woman that walks around Bourbon Street and she has these two boxes with little doors and it's like for a dollar donation she'll open them and people can, you know, which I thought was great. She's got a little bathing suit on and she has these two boxes and it's hilarious and everybody loves it. If anything, it's people's ignorance about sex, not you know, about us. I, I don't even think it's ignorance about sex. I think it's ignorance about what this event is. Um, I think it's homophobia. It is. I saw more internalized? Is, uh, no, mm. it's, it's public now. No, it's well, being, no I mean internalized. It's by the internet, you know. But I saw more PIV, which obviously that can include gay sex in some cases, but penis and vagina sex. I saw more... I saw more penis and vagina sex than I saw any fisting or gay sex. Right. I, Boobs. I, and I'm not against yeah. that. Yeah, and good yeah. for them. Yeah, that. good for I, them. I just need to call that out. Like, all the outreach was about a, guy, a gay guy getting fisted. I saw more, I will call it heterosexual sex. Sure. However you right. say call that. it. Without um, being transphobic, without being homophobic, This obviously. This Balsam Street Fair that I've ever seen before. Yeah. And that, that's one point yeah. I want to get to is yeah. the straight people that have come to this fair right. and treating it like Halloween, dressing up in a fetish thing. They're not kinky in their real life. Well, we don't They're do using that. this. Uh, I do. So <laughs> you can tell. You can tell. You don't but, know. But you straight people, they never look good in their leather regardless. Oh. oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Hey. I mean, come on. I worked at the Society of Janice Booth for years because they would say to me, we need a gay. This is when Pilar, and Pilar was one of the people running it. And so I would go to the Society of Janice Booth and I'd look at these guys like, you put that together? You know, those sandals. You're right, girl. And, well, get yeah. over here. <laughs> now yeah. I have, I'm going to come to the defense of of straight people in, in in gear. A lot of them do look good in their gear. A uh, lot of them do. I I think they do. Um, not all of them. Some of them have maybe. Some but but it is blatant homophobia, and it's on the rise now. And that's why I brought up you know Simone de Beauvier's quote that it really is now about nitpicking things and to attack us. And I do think it's far more prevalent, it seems, this year well, than why don't I've they seen attack in the past. The, why don't they attack the, the, the straight people Because they're straight! <laughs> but, but they're showing boobs yeah. and yeah. dicks and everything else, too. Well, yeah. societal to Amp's point, it's homophobia. Yeah. Listen, so Hooters restaurant, where the whole thing I is big breasts, Hooters. well, you do. So what if the gays, I mean, we had Hamburger Mary's, which was pretty benign. What if we had something that was... Called Peckers. Yeah, and everybody, <laughs> had, and everybody had a jock strap with a big... thong with a yeah, huge pecker. Exactly. Yes. But you don't even need to do that, because even at the drag shows that do happen, people will record that and be like, there are children at this Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, and it's not sexual, but they're doing like a dance to a sexy song or something in some cases. Right. Like, what's happening here is not only homophobia, but it's like, are you guys even at the fair? Like, did you go to the fair or are you just upset online? That That's the thing that, that really, like, Brian's mic, you're just like, you guys aren't attending the fair, you just want to be morality police right. and puritanical and, about your and, life. And to your point, I would not look upon another event of any kind that I didn't attend and start judging exactly. it. That's, that's the, I think, the biggest factor here. All these tweets and stuff that were attacking it were from a 20-year-old from Iowa who's never probably even gone to a gay pride. They have never gone to these events. Um, so they don't know. But isn't but that th the norm now to just look online at things that you have no idea and criticize. On and criticize. I mean, I see that all day. Well, it's the cameras, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, okay, so, and I don't want to ignore the biggest scandal that occurred at Folsom and made the rounds all over Twitter, and I'm partly to blame for that because I posted the picture of it, and it was somebody went to the, the fair covered in shit and wrote scat pig on their back. 
I thought it was a bold thing because it was giving a fetish that usually doesn't get a lot of light. It's also something that's very makes people feel very squeaky and they have a visceral reaction to. I was of the mindset that it was bold that he was doing that, kind of like a performance art thing. And But then after reflection about it, uh, lots of people were like, but I didn't consent to being touched with someone with shit on. And he, there's no way he could have gone through a crowd of people without touching someone, which is a good, very good point. And not to mention the health hazards that are there. If you are going to try to make a point, or you have to be controversial or it's never going to get talked about. So I'm not a judging whether what he did was good or bad. I don't have a judgment about that. But when you are trying to make a point, particularly against kind of what's considered taboo in society, it is going to be controversial. He could have done it so many other ways. He could have that would have been totally more acceptable, that would not have looked as bad. I agree. And I think that it was just very poor messy. Taste. It was yeah. poor, in poor taste, poor it was taste. messy. And I don't care if people are into scat. Mm -hmm. I just, I, if you're gonna be trying to make a point, cover yourself in chocolate, cover yourself in dirt, cover yourself in yeah. red paint. Like there's so many other ways to make a, a, a consent discussion yeah. that doesn't require someone covered in shit to possibly touch other people in a crowd of 300,000 people or however many people. And if it was like a performance art thing, you know, he could have put a clear latex yeah. bodysuit over it, right? Uh, so it doesn't get on anyone. Or he could have had four traffic cones and caution tape and just stood in the middle of it so no yeah. one came near him. But we really, the piling on For was so highly judgmental. I thought that was off the charts. Me too. So I'm not judging a person. Would I have done it exactly that way? No, no I wouldn't have. Course, yeah. I wouldn't have. Even if that's my scene, I wouldn't have done it. That's my choice. Maybe I say, maybe I would have done a different choice. But the piling on like he was the devil incarnate for doing it was mm -hmm. just off the there charts. There are people saying he should have been arrested. Yeah, I mean, see, just nuts. But see, and I, absolutely, because I, I, I agree with you. I think the vinyl thing would have been a smart move. However, that's why I bring up that thing about oppressors. When people just do it, knee-jerk, respond to it. In this day and age, with the prevalence of the internet and how many people see it, I don't think they realize that what they're doing is really piling on with the people who want to attack us versus more of a comment about him. And there's no nuance online. None. Was that being, or not. That being said, are we giving, like you just you said at the very beginning, are we giving the religious right and conservatives another reason to hate us by when those images get out? So that's whether you, you said or yeah. whether you intend to or not. It's that's the, the unintended the end consequences, yeah. right? Right. So we aren't doing ourselves any favors by doing that. Well, earlier, the reason I bring that quote up is that even though she was a contemporary philosopher, she wrote that in the 30s and she was really talking about sexual minorities and feminism. And not much has changed in terms of the way, like you said, these kind of organizations who want to attack us, attack us. It's not changed. And we have to remember that. We're in a tough time. And change happens slowly, slowly. in terms of acceptance. And that's the same for kinky people and the, the kinks and the fetishes we have. Once upon a time, two men kissing in public mm. was an arrestable act. Yeah. And it's coming back. Do you and see? And now we're fucking each other in the streets. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, but actually, it's coming back because look at all the states where they're trying to make yeah. drag illegal, and if they're not in their gendered clothing, they're going to get arrested. Talking about the cameras and stuff, uh, I personally would love it if cameras and and recording devices weren't allowed. Of course, it wasn't possible. I know. I, I just said I would love it. <laughs> But I, you know, people want to take pictures with themselves and their friends. I think that's great. But you know, if someone is is fucking over there, there's no reason to go and record that. Yeah. You know, just let them fuck. Let them. That doesn't fist. need to be public consumption. Right. Right. Because right. actually, it's not public consumption. Right. I mean, it's public there in the event, but they didn't intend for it to get all over the internet. Right. And, right. And by the way, to Folsom Street's credit, they have said many times. I've seen that on signs and things when you enter. I don't know if it was there this year. Please, if you're going to photograph someone, ask if they can be photographed. Yeah, Thank you. They, have, they yeah. have been very good about that. And okay. we should also be clear that Folsom Events actually doesn't condone sex acts. Yeah, right. Uh, they actually say, please don't. They do. 
That's they right. just have no way of enforcing it. Right. And it is too big of a crowd and it is too long of a history that people will stop. And yeah. it's expected. It's expected. Know, it, it's and it actually is expected and part of the crowd draw. Oh yeah. You know, it's like going back in the day when they had the great bars on, on Folsom, mm -hmm. like, you know, my place and yeah. and you would, you know, leave the street fair, you go into my place, you'd have all the sex you wanted in that bar. Right. Then you come back out. But all the bars were kind of that way back then. You know, it's like you could go in the bar, you could have sex. And, and I think that that was a lot more acceptable. But, but I think that's a, a good analogy. While that's cordoned off for the seven hours that Folsom Street Fair takes place, for me, that's one big, massive kink bar. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. That's why people space. come there, to be kinky with other people. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly more outraged at the calling a bar my place or the end up or the name bars that isn't confusing <laughs> well you mentioned 300,000 is that is that about what they well, estimate low end I think was 250,000 was come to the, the city what so it was that and see for me what you were talking about earlier like I didn't go this year I did go to a pre-party it's part of the reason I didn't go one is the fucking cameras it just annoys me seeing it but second the crowd is so much now. I have some medical concerns, and I just thought, you know, it's hot. Can't be on my feet that long. Not going to go. I think you just said, I'm old. <laughs> well, we're old, too. It's right? a young enough case. I'm, I know, but I'm older than you. We did sit down a lot. <laughs> Instead of focusing on just the negatives, what if we talk about some of the favorites or the oh, positives, right. sure. and maybe some of your least favorite parts of Folsom? This year, what were the things that you liked about the fair? I happen to like that there was a lot more nudity. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. It makes me feel comfortable when I run around a lot of new people. I honestly saw most people being very polite to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always. I, I didn't see a single fucking stroller. Oh, good. Not I, one. I didn't either. Yeah, not one. Yeah, I thought you said you saw one. No. Oh, okay. In the past. Oh, in the past. Yeah. Okay. So I, I loved that, that I think people were respecting it's an adult space. Right. Um, I, I liked uh, a lot of the performances. I thought that they were upping their game on some of the music. I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. um, I think for a quarter of a million people, they did pretty good with crowd control. Oh, good, good. And I didn't see too heavy a hand with volunteers sort of trying to interject. Or hound you for money as you came through the gate. As a matter of fact, I only saw two people at the gate when I came in. Yeah, and, and honestly, that, um, to everybody watching, these events don't happen unless you volunteer for them. Yeah. And they needed more volunteers. To their credit, they were actively trying to get more volunteers. And... Did you just pull a Grayland? <laughs> it's a Grayland moment. It's a Grayland moment. I, I saw it. You were trying to ignore. You were trying to act like it didn't happen. Yeah, I saw happened. You do it every time. At least it's not you know, in this that, living room this time. That's going to end up in Webster's Dictionary, oh doing a Grayland. Oh, my God. But so, but, so I thought they did a pretty good job overall. I, really I, I, I have to... Uh, say the same thing about people being respectful. I was a little so I this year, I my fantasy was to be a full-on pony, and uh, uh, Leather Daddy made me this ass hook ponytail, and then I put on my hood and stuff. But I was really worried because I had an ass hook in my ass, yanked up to my harness. I could not bend over to touch my toes if I wanted to. I was worried someone would pull that tail, and if they did, that's going to yank a ball in my ass and could injure me. <laughs> truthfully. Yeah. So I was worried about someone drunk doing that. Not one person did. There was one drunk girl who came towards me, and I just turned quickly. Oh. And it's always that drunk girl. Yeah. <laughs> the woo girl. The woo girl. Over here, you sexy bitch. We've got bottle service. Oh my God, the bottle. Straight at me. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And then I was like, and then she's like, oh well, you're rude. I'm like, am I? <laughs> so I liked that. I was able to navigate that crowd without having my tail pulled once, and uh, I was actually pretty impressed that that didn't happen because I was fully expecting that to happen. Yeah. Um, but it was fun to be out. I, I, I had uh, Amp and a couple other people. I got uh, his hypnodom hypnotized me and made me feel like a pony being led through the streets. It was awesome. So having that space to do that fantasy was so fun for me. You're just glowing. I, <laughs> well, even though I didn't go this year, this is a good segue. That's what I always enjoyed about the fair.
theirs was people having a ball doing that, like the Society of Janus always had the ponies and the car. Mm -hmm. But also, like when they had the space. But they always do that very early on because the crowd gets too big. Yes. You cannot pull a cart through yeah. a crowd. Yeah. 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 Well, and then the spanking booth. Manhands Films used to do that spanking. Yeah. And you know what I love? The crowd of people watching would cheer like, woo, and, and just have such a fun time. That that's what I always liked about the fair was that people were, you know, they were like you said, you know, you're free and you're, they're having a good time and the crowd's cheering and having a good time. I think that's the best part. What about you, Gary? Well, you know, we, I'm, I'm, as I, as you know, I'm in Onyx. I'm the president of yeah. Onyx. And Folsom Street did something really cool this year. They tried it last year. It didn't quite work. But this year it worked. They gave us a booth to use as a sanctuary for BIPOC people to just sort of get out of the fair. Mm. And we had um, we had water and chips and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was just, we had couches and people just come and, and hang out. And um, my friend Sterling from LA brought a group. And so we all just hung out at our booth. And it was just really, really nice to just have that space. Speaking of which, so that we mentioned stompers earlier. So I miss having stompers. It used yeah. to be right off on right. Uh, 10th. 10th Street. Yeah. Yes. And it had a backyard that all the leather, I think they served hot dogs or something. Yeah. They, they, all the yes. leather guys could go sit because they're tired of standing in the sun. Yes. They could have their boots licked. They could have their slave do these things. But it was a leather only kind yeah. of space. Yeah. It was like men. a sanctuary. It's like, get away from these other people. And as Folsom became more and more of a carnival over time, it was more and more important to have that safe space for the leather yeah. guys who no longer feel safe in that crowd <laughs> because... is that funny? Yeah. <laughs> so, but we don't have that anymore. Yeah. So well, Stompers isn't there the anymore. I think the 15 did something like that this year, I think. Well, I think to Pig's point a bit, you don't have to go to the Folsom Fair to enjoy Folsom. My favorite part right. of Folsom was all of our friends were in town. Yep. Mm -hmm. I didn't particularly love the fair um, because it's just too many sensations slapping you in the face all at once. Yeah. They had some great bondage demos. I had a friend that was doing a bondage demo, but they had four different demos happening on the same stage at the same time. Right. I missed part of my friend's thing because I didn't even know he was going. Like right. He was just getting his bondage demo started as this straight guy was literally suspending this uh, more femme-presented person, and then literally jumping on top of her body while she was suspended. And I was just like, first of all, is that allowed? Like, that seems dangerous, but also, there's too much happening. You have a music stage here, music stage here, loud people in front of me, four people trying to do a, a demo on the same stage. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, yeah and to, to your point, I think that I, I mentioned, I said it was a carnival now. It has grown exponentially so much and especially now after covid compared to last year and this year i thought it was way more crowded i i feel like 50 percent of the crowd was straight uh half of those straight people were this is halloween and we're dressing up and having fun which is fine um but the other there was a segment and did you notice this of people going through and being very disdained and ooh, uh turning down their nose at what yeah, was that happening and that really started to get to me. I'm like, why are you here? If you're coming here to be shocked and you're shocked, then why are you coming here? To show that they're shocked. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need you to come here and show you that you're shocked. They want to be able to tell their friends about how they went to Folsom. I saw I saw a group of, of people that were like like pointing to someone that was getting fucked, like, ew, look at, uh. and that's just really disrespectful. Don't come it if is. you're gonna be disrespectful. So, and I'm not against straight, I, I brought I brought my mother and fa father to this fair about 10 years ago. My mother wore her red Elizabeth Arden leather jacket. <laughs> so she was good there. Uh, <laughs> totally fit in, not really. Uh, I brought uh, straight friends from college and I remember his wife called me later. I'm like, hey, how are you guys doing? Because I dropped him off the, the hotel. And she said, oh, uh, my husband just took a shower and yelled at me. I don't even want to see my own penis now. <laughs> I do also think Folsom has become a place for people who are king curious. Yeah, yeah which, I think that's I think it, there's. I mean, we're jaded motherfuckers. We've been yeah, right. around a long time, and we're pretty pretty kinky. But there's a lot of newcomers and people that are king curious, and they go. And as long as they're respectful, yeah. no disdain, 
As long as I respect that was the part that that, got that would bother me. I didn't see a lot of that this year. I saw about ten instances. See, that would bother me. That would. But you me. know, I mean, so looking at, I guess we can't call them. Can we call them straight now? I don't know. No, <laughs> ample not allowed. No, okay. Uh, well, because you don't know what what they've got going okay. on. So the people that I don't think who are gay, male, female uh, couples. Yes. Yeah. That? There you go. Okay. They don't get to dress up and do the things that we. They do. have Halloween. Wait, no, 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 no. They no, ruined no. their Halloween. But, but, they ruined no, no, Halloween. They ruined wait, 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 Halloween. Wait, wait, wait. No, but but they are. I know some who are kinky, and they only get to I go get out that, and, and do I this that. that that one time when we can do it at the bars whenever. But for them, it's a fantasy thing, and so you know, I get like that get fully, and I appreciate what we're that. asking for. Without trying to polarize our entire audience, that isn't just strictly gay men. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> is that we're saying you need to be respectful. I don't care if you're in a heteronormative, a gay, a queer relationship. If you're going to a place that is not specifically meant for you or was not about you to begin with, why it didn't start that way, like you have to be respectful. Yeah. One more thing that I liked and didn't like at the same time is because there were there were a lot of events around Folsom. I think race you counted. There were like sixty something events. Just just of those that appeal to men. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of stuff. And I know we don't attend all of them, but after a while, you start to think like there's too much stuff. And I want to go where my friends are. You don't know how many times I was like, well, which party are you going to? Oh, you're going to that one. I'm going to this one. You know, I just think that there's just too much surrounding it. Yeah, and the other thing I think Amp and I, we, Amp and I both went to Folsom Berlin, which is a whole, I mean, it's a similar event, no nudity, no sex in the streets whatsoever, but everyone gears up, everyone is geared up, whereas this event, you have people in khakis and t-shirts prevalently around, lots of people in jock straps, but not geared up, you know, in like leather gear. Uh, but one thing that was nice about Folsom Berlin is on Saturday, instead of Sunday. <laughs> There's something about having it on Sunday where you're worn out by the time that fair yeah. happens. And I don't, I, I don't think a lot of people go to the fair because it is Sunday morning and they're not up yet. I think that's true. I do think that if you look at all the street fairs throughout San Francisco, almost all of them are on Sunday because I think it's easier to close streets on that a Sunday sense, than a Saturday. Yeah. Well, I think, so I think there's a logistics reason for it. Plus it's a, or used to be a big retail city and Saturday is a big retail day. Mm. But then you have the big dances that are Sunday night. So you've done, you know, a week's worth of activities yeah. and then you've dragged yourself into the fair and then it's like, oh my God, I just spent a hundred dollars on this ticket for this dance that's yes. gonna go how, how many times <laughs> how many times was your Facebook feed? I have two magnitude tickets. I have two real bad nuggets. I have two da -da 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 -da. Oh, yeah. Does anyone actually I bought tickets from you. you, did. you <laughs> but when you bring that up, you know what makes me a little concerned is whenever there's saturation in anything, okay. usually when that happens to something it's a sign that it's on the decline. Graylin, How let's many? imagine, imagine Graylin, you have a weekend full of sex versus uh -huh. one special scene that you put together with one person where you connect. Do you want a weekend full of sex where you're maybe exhausted after six rounds or do you want one special instance that weekend? Ooh, oh, see, that's this is, tough. This is a tough one for Graylin. Because he wants it all. Right? But okay, but you that did I mean. that did happen because we rented a hotel room. For okay, me. fine, great. Yes, <laughs> yeah, great. You got lots of stuff. Yeah. But... So we had lots of special. No, no, no. But no, analogy. let me tell you. So we rented this hotel for the weekend, and then we went to one of the dances, um, the the prime dance. And we got worn out there without even having any sex because we kept going going up to the second floor, then down to the basement. And so then by the time we got back to the hotel, we were too tired to do anything. That was probably just you, because you're old, the stairs wore you out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in defense of many events, since I do track them pretty carefully here in, in yeah, the city. Yeah, so you have races bar. Yeah. How many yeah. events did you post? Um, there were 62 in the week Jesus. of appeal to men who have sex with men. I'll, I'll say gay men, but men who have sex with men. There were 62 events between the Sunday before Folsom and the That's Sunday crazy. night at Folsom. Now, almost every event that was sold a big out. dance sold out. Yeah. So obviously there's a market for it. Well, but I think they sell out because people have learned that they sell out. So they buy tickets, they hoard tickets up front knowing they can release them like you did the day of because people are yeah. desperate for so tickets. Sometimes yes. that's true, but yeah. I, I do think that, you know, 
the market has said that people want to be at these things. I may not want to be there necessarily, but I think some people do, and I think oh, yeah. and that's I what they come to town for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're from I mean, out of town. I, I, yeah. I love it. I think that I love the big dances. I just can't attend all of those things. Sure. So and then so this is another question I got a lot, mainly from Europeans who had never come over here for Folsom or Doriali, asking which one is better. Mm -hmm. So for a leather person in the kink scene, which of the two, because we haven't really touched on Dory Alley, which is a smaller Folsom Fair, um, which one would you recommend that a European come to? So I have a different take on that because okay. I love Dory Alley and I loved it when it was our fair. Uh -oh. and it felt what do you mean like by our fair? It was, it was a local leather men's fair. Yeah. yeah. All the outside people didn't come to that fair. And it wasn't megahood. No, it was kink. It was kink, and it was small, and you could go and you could see your friends. And I actually hate that we've told people about it. Me too. I wish we had kept it a big secret. <laughs> yep. So if you're going to ask me if I'm going to tell people where to go, I'm going to say, don't go to Dory Alley. Go to Folsom. But that's Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And by the way, the history of the advertising... Once upon a time, when Folsom Street was Folsom Street Events, many, many years ago, they had a policy of the only place they advertised Dory Alley, outside mm -hmm. of loca local, was one poster at IML, so, in the vendor mark. That was it. They intentionally didn't advertise it outside of the Bay Area to keep it more Bay Area. So this reminds me of when I moved here and the city of Pataluma kept taking down the off-ramp to Pataluma sign yes! on the freeway. Yes! So you can't, you can't go to the, to the, well, to the bar. That's why there's still the Pataluma Narrows, because yes. they wouldn't expand the freeway. Yeah. Bolinas is that way, too. There's well, no signs to go to Bolinas. So you're just being right. selfish, though. Yes! Not, you well, wanted to grow. Remember no, when it was just Dory, you remember when it was Ringgold, I don't, Ringo, but when yes. it was Dory Alley and at the end of it was the powerhouse, that was it. It was yes. just those two blocks. It was just that block. But to your point, if somebody from Europe, a gay man from Europe, that's deep in the gear fetish scene in Europe, wants a specific event where they can be geared up awesome. and be with a lot of other gay men that are geared up, I would recommend Dory. I oh, would. you would? By the way, absolutely. I it, would. It, it, to be clear, it is it. no longer technically called Dory. <laughs> it is called Up Your Alley. And I, I know, but that, that, that I never know. sucks as well. That I never know. stuck. I don't even know why they tried that, but that never stuck. It Everyone didn't. still calls it Dory they Alley. They do, yes. They do still call but, it Dory. And most people can't even say Dory Alley. <laughs> I just, I just want to ask one question. Did everybody here notice all of this change when Silicon Valley blew up? Huh. You, you mean money pouring into no, the city? No, just the crowds and, and how do, all of a sudden it happened to everything in our city. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel I, like I do that. feel over the last six years, even before COVID, that Folsom has become a looky-loo event. Yeah, it is. It's, I think people that are not in the fetish community come to either partake in a positive way or partake in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Mainly just a party and it's a carnival. Um, they're not in it for the scene, they're in it for the day festival. Right? Much like Mardi Gras, people go to Mardi Gras specifically to party and be wild. At, That's what they do. In New Orleans, people and, stay away. And, and, and it, Mardi Gras is not the thing it yeah. was originally. It's morphed right. over time, so is Folsom Street. And no yeah. event is ever going to yeah. stay the same. Right. Right. They, they, they grow exponentially as more and more people have fun at it and tell their friends. Well, so there's no way you're ever going to keep Dory Alley a perfect secret. And, and, so let's start a new one and not tell anybody else. No. <laughs> <laughs> we tried that. We have social media now. That's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. So, but, and maybe... That is one of the reasons many of these events have popped up. There's a lot of events of specific interest to gay men, to women, to pansexuals, to everybody in all the demographics that are kinky. I mean, we're familiar with the, the gay male-centric ones, but the truth is I know there's a lot of other events well, that were taking place at the same time. I know, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think the interesting phenomena about that is that it has encroached, just like Alan going to Omaha and doing fantasy, where people started understanding, and, and they weren't freaked out by it. But now, with the change in the political winds, we're getting this attack, and I do think that it's something that's just capsulated to since 2016. Well, do you remember a few years ago, the Eagle did a street fair that was all theirs. I think it was their oh, anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, was a small block party. and there was yeah. a block party. That felt like Dory Alley to me back they in the day. They tried to do it again this year. 
uh, the the weekend before. You right. Know, UNC yes. did. Yes. Um, yes. It just didn't grow, didn't grow the crowds. May I don't know why. Because um, they were all on the leather walk. <laughs> no, <laughs> the leather walk showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I remember you and I saying, "Let's not tell anyone." Yes. <laughs> Smart people. It's true. We did say that. <laughs> well, we want to stay just but like this. You know what I'm a little worried about is look what happened to Pink Saturday, where that used to be fantastic. You know, there used to be the Dyke March and everybody used to come together in the Castro, and it's totally gone now because of, I think. Uh, Popularity? Well, in that particular case, I think it danger. was, it was right. danger. It was fear of violence because people started coming and bringing their guns and acting like straight people. Well, just like just like Halloween in the castle. Halloween in the castle. Yeah, they got to shut Halloween down, right? Yeah. So, well, and that, that's a, another prime example of an event that got uh, overpopulated, yes, so to speak, and it and it brought a rowdy crowd to it. People love to party and drink, mm -hmm. right? And we serve alcohol at these events. We're never not going to serve alcohol at these events. As a matter of fact, that was my big call out three years ago when we got out of the pandemic that they didn't serve beer at uh, right. Folsom. Uh, I was like, how did you not have a beer stand? Um, but people go too far when they start right. partying and um, they don't act responsibly and you can't control everyone in the crowds. Yeah, right. when you have a quarter of a million people on the streets of San Francisco in a small area for seven hours, you are never, ever going to control all those people doing everything. Right. It's impossible. Folsom Street could do, could have a thousand volunteers. They still could not control all of them. You're right. So that's just the nature of the beast. So we obviously all have had fun at Folsom. So what do we think the new direction of Folsom is going to be now? Is there constructive criticism or is there anything, pointers that we think we should say? How, how do you think this is going to evolve? I think it's going to continue to be incredibly diverse and more diverse over time. And one of the reasons I think so many events have popped up around it is people need those spaces, those affinity spaces, those safe spaces to go to, to be with just their little subset of the mm -hmm. demographic, right? But Folsom is going to be this big beast of a massive hodgepodge. event. Hodgepodge. It's going yeah. to be a hodgepodge. And we have to accept that that's what it's going to be. But does that take the leather out of it? It might. So, and we just have to create the leather elsewhere. I, I think obviously because it has grown so much, the leather culture and leather men like us feel a little pushed out. Uh, we still have the Eagle to go to. Uh, we have other events around Folsom that we can go and make our spaces. Um, and I think that's the future. That's what we're gonna have to do. But even, even going to the Eagle, after Folsom or during Folsom, there's people in the Eagle who are not in leather. And I know that this can't happen or won't happen, but I would love it if for that one day they could require people to either be in leather or like they used to have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something. Just for that one day, come in and be in They're leather. They're never going to be it's, able to do that. I know, but that doesn't no. mean I can't wish it. I, I think we could wish it because <laughs> we're older guys and we long for a day when that happened. I was, I, you, you know, you saw me. I was in full cow at Folsom. You were. Not a wise choice. But <laughs> <laughs> so you looked so good. But, look, but <laughs> I got a lot of fucking attention. Mm -hmm. So yeah. here I was, a fully geared, capped leather man, uh, jacket and the whole thing, and a lot of people came up to me that were though. very turned on by it. And that's what I like about Folsom Berlin. It is full cow everywhere, mm -hmm. and it was hot this year, and they were dropping like flies. Right. <laughs> you were in full cow, I was full horse. So. Of course. Yeah. And also, I think we have to accept that the scene is changing. Right. Yeah. You know, there's rubber, there's puppies, there's... there's well, it, it, it's and, not and, just about leather anymore. And we can bemoan the de demise of what it used to be. That's just the nature of change. Yep. It is. And as more and more people are born on this planet and more and more people get involved in the scene, it is going to change and we can't do anything about it except accept it. Well, and one of the things I was gonna say about the future, is it possible to take a lesson from Mardi Gras where they have crews, you know, where the crews have a certain percentage of what they're gonna be able to do. So what if 
the future of Folsom is that the puppies have a crew and the furries have a crew, leathermen have a crew, so they each have their space that's What's defined. What's the crew? Are you talking about the parade? No, the crew is a, a party that goes on all year that they plan for what they're going to do during Mardi Gras. And other than the parade, the crew themselves has their own events. And so you mean like they a just stay right, a like that, and event. everybody knows that is just their leather crew. So don't go unless you're leather, or don't go unless you're puppy. Don't go unless you're a furry. I love that person. Well, it's getting so big. Maybe that's what it and needs I to do. I think that's what bars have been doing. We have furry nights. We have rubber nights. We have leather nights. We have full bluff yeah. uh, cigar nights. They're they're events that are created just for those like-minded people. You have to turn up to them, though. If you want it to yeah. be successful, go out, turn up. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, those events aren't successful, right. and they fade away, and then we're like, we have no spaces. Well, you got to go. I have become comfortable as a leather man walking into kink spaces of any kind, bars or otherwise, and assuming I may be one of the only dressed leather men there. Right. And I'm okay with that. Nobody ever comes back to me and says, why are you dressed yeah, like that? Yeah. So and, and you got to represent. The, I don't, yeah, I don't want to do the other way around and like say, well, you're in rubber or you're in ABDL or you're in whatever, so you're offending me. No. They accept me. I want to accept them. Well, I think we had a lot of good thoughts. I'm going to call time on this one. Um, if you want to check out uh, more about Folsom, you can go to Folsom Street Events. Uh, we'll have the URL down below. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsors, Mr. S. Leather, because they make this happen every single month, and they have supported us from the beginning. Also, if you want to check out, we do have a merch line at safewordshop.com where you can get our On Guard t-shirts. So please check that out, like our videos, and please subscribe to this channel. I think we're almost at 8,000 subscribers, yeah. which is oh, wow. amazing. Yep. We're almost two years in. Um, and thank you for all your comments and your love and your support. I cannot go to an event now without someone coming up and saying they love what we do. So it's nice to have a little place that we can talk about gay history, uh, queer history, and we can talk about the changes that are happening whether we like it or not. <laughs> so don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.